This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. It's great to be back. Well, the Ford government's controversial plan to cut the size of Toronto City Council from 47 to 25 passed yesterday, but there is still a chance it can be stopped. A court has agreed to hear arguments on whether this should be enforced for October's election. The legal challenge is coming from Rocco a. Champong, a lawyer and council candidate in Eglinton Lawrence. We'd like to know what you think. The numbers to call 416 360 toll-free 866 740 and Rocco A. Champong joins me in studio now. Welcome. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you, Libby. Okay, so what made you decide to launch this channel? Challenge, excuse me. Well, um, first of all, thank you for being kind to the pronunciation of my last name. It was actually spot on. Uh, secondly, what what made me decide to bring this uh, challenge was, uh, one, I was directly affected as a candidate. I had decided to contest um, the ward, uh, the new ward of uh, Eglinton Lawrence that was War 13. And as I, as I was deciding to uh, run and registering my candidacy, uh, there were rumblings about everything I knew about the election and the rules, the regulation, the ward boundaries um, being thrown into, into question. And at that point, because one, my wife told me, uh, uh, if you don't see this through, you'll be a coward, <clears throat> uh, because I had, I, had, I had to ask her permission to run. Um, I decided it's time to do something about it. Uh, we have a very long tradition, uh, Libby, as you know, and I think we'll get into that later, but we have a very long tradition of um, uh, constitutionalism and, 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 and our concept or context of constitutionalism. There was the codified and provided for in the election laws um, provision of a fair notice to all electors and candidates, and this was being seriously violated, and it could not go without a challenge. Okay, so the... The provision for this fair notice, is that going to be the crux of your argument? Well, amongst other things, um, the crux of my argument is that, one, it is fundamentally unconstitutional and or procedurally unfair to, in the middle of an election, or let's metaphorize it as, say, in the middle of a game, decide to change the rules of the game, the boundaries of the game. Um, You can't be playing a poker hand and be told it's now a bridge game before the game is even over. Uh, That's not how it works in a democracy. That's not how it works in in everyday, um, uh, in in, in politics. And uh, I just want the courts to be able to pronounce on that. Okay, I have a couple of questions before we get to the phones, which are lighting up. A couple of things here. So, 
You're talking about the election being underway. Now, I'm not sure in a provincial election, there's an official writ period, which is about six weeks. Is there such a thing with a municipal election? We, we don't officially call it a writ period. Um, and that has a long parliamentary tradition, uh, yeah. hence the, uh, the lexicon being used yeah. to call the election period a writ period. But in municipal context, uh, provided for in the Municipal Elections Act, we have within it a period that shall be called the election period. And how long is that period? Well, it's been truncated, uh, as you will recall, uh, from, I believe, 10 months. Remember, one used to be able to register in January, and we would not vote until um, uh, November. But now we register in May. And we are voting at the end of October. They've made it. Uh, they've made it significantly shorter, but um, it's a lot longer than for a federal or a provincial election. So. Very much so. Very much so. Okay, so uh, wondering how that will play out. Now, you went to court looking for an injunction I to did. stop the law, but the judge in a superior court said. I'm going to hear this, but I'm going to hear the actual case, the case on its merits. I'm assuming that that's a bit of a victory for you right off the bat. It is. Um, Because on the one hand, uh, when you are arguing a question that imports um, the certain uh, certain level of seriousness in terms of constitutional responsibility of provincial governments to, uh, with respect to the municipal, uh, municipal governments and whatnot, and whether or not there should be consultation before something as drastic as this is undertaken. Um, you're going to take some time, the parties, given uh, certainly the volume of all the submissions that will be made, all the filings that will be made, time is given to make sure um, uh, uh, we all have our ducks in a row. Given the seriousness, given the urgency, and the judge stressed this in court, the urgency is palpable. Um, Given the urgency, uh, the court was kind enough to accommodate us in a two-week time frame, and it will go to the heart uh, 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 of the merits of my application, which is better than an interim injunction, um, and and it certainly will offer um, finality as to at least on that from that level of courts finality as to whether or not uh, this thing will, will apply is anybody working with you on this you getting any help on this Whew. Um, I, I began as a lone man army uh, spending as I as, as I was telling you earlier countless days and nights uh, on my own drafting um, but then it's nice to have friends. You know, that old Beatles song, uh, you get by with a little help from your friends, all of them giving up your time, uh, showing up at inconvenient t- uh, times to uh, look over documents. So, no, but, I, but who? Who are they? Just other lawyers? Or? Other lawyers. Um, I have one individual, McGrath International, Gavin McGrath, good man, uh, Selwyn Peters, another one, uh, my younger brother, who's also a lawyer, uh, Kofi Champong, and a few others are all, and uh, Omar Hall, Red Eye. A few... Others are all um, invested in this, and they're assisting me with the application. Uh, The other question uh, that I have is uh, you are, or you consider yourself a progressive conservative. I, I have always, the only party I've ever been registered to and been a member of uh, for as long as I've existed is uh, the Progressive Conservative Party. 
And so this is, uh, you're going against your party now. I'm not going against my party. I'm going against process that is unfair. And when you are uh, a candidate where uh, your interests are directly affected, when you are a candidate where your interests are directly affected, um, it's not a question of party loyalty. It's a question of making sure that fundamental rights are respected. And, and, and you should be able to assert that, especially uh, to your friends. Okay. Uh, have you had any response from any other conservatives, from Doug Ford conservatives, about what you're doing? I think there is a general appreciation that the timing was wrong, even amongst conservatives. And uh, while we may support, in the end, the purported objective and uh, what he's trying to achieve, um, the timing was off and uh, he sh it could have been done better by way of process. So I, I'm a bit surprised that somebody did not advise him better. Okay, I want to get to the phones. Uh, but first, I want to ask, what do you how do you respond to people who say, first of all, the city is a creature of the province, the province has the right to do this, and it will save money and also make the process faster. Uh, you know, I have to say, as a reporter, I, you know, when I see those four-day council meetings with everybody having to get up and, and make a statement on it. And sometimes you even have people who've taken a day off work in the gallery and they don't get to them. You know, when I look at those meetings, you know, I, I thank goodness that I don't have to actually be there any, anymore. I have to say that. So what do you say to those arguments? Well, I mean, I have to hearken back to another conservative uh, <clears throat> and recall the Churchillian dictum that, you know, even though it may be a terrible system, it is the best we have. And I recall in my younger days as the student council president at the University of Toronto, I was I presided over a board of 54 representatives. And that's more than 47. Um, but work still got done. And uh, it's important, I think, if we are going to err in any system of government, you should always err on the side of democracy. Okay. I'm going to take uh, some calls, and then we're bringing in Councillor DiCiano, uh, who is on the line waiting. But uh, let's take a couple of calls from our listeners first. Hi, Joyce in Scarborough. How are uh, you? Hi, Libby. Okay. Uh, I assume uh, your guest is a lawyer. Okay? Yes. Okay, so he has no... No fees to pay. Now, the thing is, when uh, the past uh, premier, where was he to, uh, um, how shall I say, go against or, or make comments and all the rest of it? Like, uh, this, I, I think it's a waste of time. I mean, it's wonderful to think of uh, the democracy, but when I think of what's happening with the feds, what happened with the last premier, uh, I hate to say, sir, um, a democracy has left the building. <laughs> and uh, Joyce's question on the phone earlier was, who's, going, who's paying for all of this, even though you don't have to pay legal fees, obviously, it's still uh, costing you money and costing you time? Well, time certainly has value, but um, given the fact that I'm going up against a multi-billion dollar machine, I actually set up a GoFundMe, uh, and it was a, a local democracy fund so that I could bring in other lawyers uh, and to assist me. So, I mean, the GoFundMe is still going. Uh, How much money have you raised? 
Uh, I haven't checked, uh, <laughs> but if it if I if I think uh, it was certainly better advertised, I'd be doing better with that. Okay, Joyce, thanks for your call. Thank you, Libby. Okay, let's go to Stephen in Parkdale. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Libby. Welcome back. Thank you. Hope you had a great vacation. I did. Thank you. Okay. Now, as far as uh, the candidate you have on, I happen to agree with him fully that you don't change the rules in uh, midstream. If you want to do this four years hence, fine. Uh, I don't see Doug Ford saying, oh, we've got to cut down the number of MPs to be saving money. We need to have only, you know, we're, uh, we're doing it to save money and follow the provincial guide, uh, number of uh, uh, people ridings within the city so then they should only have one councillor in the city of North Bay because Nipissing Rye only has one candidate there. So the, the logic uh, it fails me where he's getting $25 million in four, four years. That uh, sounds like a, that's over $2 million uh, uh, candidate, uh, and I, I don't see that. Uh, as I say maybe $200,000. Fine, I can understand. No, that. I'm I'm sure that his number is right, but it's not a big number in the in the context of the budget. Stephen, thanks for your call. We're going to bring in Councillor Justin DiCiano. Hi, Councillor. How are you, Libby? Fine. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Now you're happy with these changes? I'm very happy with the changes. And go and and why are you happy with the changes? What do you say to Rocco here, who is challenging them? Well, uh, let's let's be reminded uh, of why the process was originally initiated, and that was to bring voter parity to elections, making elections more fair. And it was a premise supported by the Supreme Court of Canada. Okay, so making that happen, we went through this this ward boundary review, and it was it was necessary because some areas of our city had twice as many residents being represented by a councillor versus other areas. So we needed to bring voter parity. The process, because it was so internal and it was fraught with gerrymandering by the councillors who were trying to protect their own jobs, created a a, a ward structure that not only added three more politicians to the mix, it made voter parity worse. It made it two and a half times worse. Not just twice as bad, but two and a half times worse. So, by, by I'm just going to inter- I'm, yeah, sorry, go I'm just going to interject him and make it clear for our listeners. So, uh, there were some uh, some of the new uh, ridings have a you know a councillor represents say for instance sixty nine thousand and in another riding it's twenty thousand. So the idea is that this is not fair, and by aligning the ridings with the federal and provincial ones, uh, there'll be about the same people represented. So uh, that's, that's correct. The the numbers by 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 uh, adopting the federal and provincial riding boundaries, we bring an additional 1 million Torontonians into voter parity. That was the reason for this process. The Supreme Court said it. You need to have fairer elections, and that's exactly what's going to happen due to uh, Bill 5, is it's going to be fairer elections. You, uh, you can't argue the math. Okay, well, let's uh, ask Rocco to respond. Well, look, I mean, I, I'm all for any change that makes uh, <clears throat> Councillor DiCiano 
uh, more efficient. Uh, but in the circumstances, Mr. Tichiano, I think uh, my concern is less with the content or the, the purport and objective of Bill 5, but rather the process by which the Premier went about trying to change this. And I think you will also appreciate, as you've already alluded to, that you went through a rather extensive consultative process, right? This is what happens in a democracy. You seek stakeholder input. You do not, while uh, an election is ongoing, and decide to change the rules of the game. It affects everybody involved in the, in the election process. Here's, you know, I have to say I was a little taken aback by the whole thing, Councillor Diciano, because Doug Ford did not mention this once in the election. He talked about a lot of other things that he's moved on. And he hasn't really changed any other city. He has canceled some of those regional elections. But I thought that was odd. I, the Liberals are saying it's he's being vindictive. Uh, how do you respond to those charges? Yeah, you know, I just don't buy the charge that he's being vindictive. He was very clear as a councillor. His brother is very clear as the mayor. That's how they saw things should, should be working in Toronto. Um, the, the notion that, you know, he's only going after Toronto, well, you know, it is the biggest city in the country. We're the sixth largest government in the country. So you go after the lowest hanging fruit first, and, and, and you learn from it, and you can you know, you can continue to work on, on other jurisdictions across the province over the next four years. You go to over, you, you practice on the most important jurisdiction in the country? No, I, I'm not saying he's practicing. He had a belief. And, 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 and furthermore, uh, we have to understand the process. The process was to make elections fair. I'm not sure why there's no narrative uh, out there. There was before the, the 47 wards was announced, but why there's no narrative out there saying this is making elections more fair. The, the stakeholder input that happened through that four-year process, let me tell you firsthand, because I, I, I spent a lot of time uh, uh, understanding the process, it was fraught with error. Uh, there, was, there was a total of 100 people that, uh, in all those months that, that were part of the public opinion. And, and, and the process, we don't even have the names of who spoke and, and who gave their opinion at these public uh, stakeholder meetings. So it was fraught with problems, the process. Instead of using the gold standard of numbers, which is Canada's uh, uh, Stats Canada numbers, we used future projections. So let me ask you a question. The, 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 the uh, consultant said, we are going to grow into parity by 2026, which we're going to grow into it. And we said, but wait a second. Why would you be using uh, the city's future development numbers to grow into something when we can start with voter parity? Who knows what's going to happen in 2026? The recession may hit. We may not grow the, the, the way we need to grow. Why are we growing into it when we can start at voter parity? And that's, and, and, and that's where I believe the provincial government understood this uh, uh, as the best way to move forward. And I, I think it's fair to say alongside considerations of voter parity were concepts of effective representation. And I don't think Councillor DiCiano can say that the people will be better <clears throat> represented with less councillors. Well, I mean, let, and when let, we let talk me, about, hold on here, hold, let me just finish, Councillor. Let me just finish, Let, let him finish, yeah, and let then, finish then you can yeah. respond. You, sure. uh, in terms of local democracy, in terms of local issues, when a grandmother wants a pothole filled, when a neighborhood association wants a speed bump in a residential neighborhood, when uh, somebody's having issues with, say, property taxes. You know who they call first? They called your counselor. They don't call your local MPP. They don't call the RMP. They called your counselor. It is the most direct access to uh, uh, to our government uh, that has
has the uh, the most significant impact in a short period of time. So talking about voter parity abstracts the concepts. We're talking about effective representation and making sure people get results. And I don't think you should be erring on the side of less democracy. But that also being said, uh, uh, my good counselor, uh, we're not talking about what somebody believed. We're not talking about what Doug believed or what Rob believed. I was a big fan of Rob. I, my, my, he was a good friend of mine and he was very kind to me. But I'll be very candid with you. You don't have a belief get into office and somehow without skipping the the rather constitutional processes that have been enshrined in the tradition of democracy. We're talking about a democracy that goes back hundreds of years and uh, before even Canada was even founded. We're talking about uh, the rights of people, electors, candidates, uh, 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 election clerks, and everybody else involved in the democratic process having a concept of fair notice, being known what the rules of the game, what the rules of the game are ahead of time. I don't even know sitting here today Day, what my campaign expense limit is um, and I'm in the middle of an election yeah okay so, so uh, just me, a minute I yeah, I just Councillor DiGiano is this about uh, the kind of tension between the city and the suburbs a lot of people are painting it that way is that and and I have to say so I noticed that that you are from Etobicoke uh, and you're in favor and people from downtown is that what this is about well, you know what? I don't think so. Um, I've never played the the suburbs downtown card, um, and I, you know, I, I fought this battle for two and a half years. I'm the one that took this the city to the Ontario Municipal Board to fight the changes, and I've never, as a as a as a councillor in four years, ever tried to create any kind of an argument on the council floor about. The, the downtown versus the suburbs. We are one city. There's no doubt about it. We've got uh, different challenges in different pockets of the city, and we have to solve it together. So I, I, I don't know that that's uh, that's a, a legitimate argument. I will I will say that uh, the experts across the country in academia. I mean, the the municipal experts across the country in academia will tell you wholeheartedly that the more politicians you have, the less power the resident has, and and so. So when Rocco talks about effective rep- representation, I want to have power as as a, as as the general public. And when you have more politicians, it weakens the power of the of the constituent and gives more power to the bureaucracy. With respect to you know local representation, potholes, speed bumps, Rocco was suggesting that you know you got to call your counselor. You don't call other levels of government for this. You're still going to call your counselor because at the end of the day, they're uh, going to need more is, staff to handle it. We're going to have more staff, and and really. Do you think my, my time as, as, as a city builder is best suited going to look at a pothole, or should I be looking at... That's how at Rob more... Ford became mayor. No, I understand that, but you, you we, we have a dysfunctional uh, council chamber where you have 44, potentially it was going to be 47 people, who are driving the bureaucracy in 5,000 directions on any given year, because that's our job as politicians. Put in a motion, uh, politically driven motions, that we make our bureaucracy so busy doing small little political things that benefit us so that we can go out to our constituents and say, we did this, we did this, we did this. And I can tell you most of those motions go nowhere. Most of the, the vast majority of the reports go nowhere. So if, I'm not sure if, if why anyone would think that having a bureaucracy of 50,000 people running around in circles, delivering information just for, for a politician's own personal political gain benefits us more rather than having a, a, a bureaucracy really focusing on 
10, 20, 30 key priorities and providing the, the right information, the right research to us as politicians so we can make the decisions in a more effective way. Okay, not happening hang, right hang now. on. We have some uh, listeners who've been waiting very patiently. So let's hear from Betty in Etobicoke. Hi, Betty. Hi there. Um, actually, my question was answered by your first caller about the cost of this. And I've learned many, many things by listening to your conversation today and really Great. appreciate it. So all I have to say is if I could pass on a comment for this lawyer, Rocco, who is running for counsel, would it not speak better for him if he, as a lawyer, chose to do this pro bono instead of uh, GoFundMe? It would sort of, I think, give the taxpayers the idea he was caring for them. Well, no, that's a very fair question. Uh, when I started the GoFundMe, uh, the local democracy fund, it was more with a view to hiring more lawyers. And obviously, while I am doing this <clears throat> from an agape stand, uh, point of view, just uh, without without fear or recompense, um, others will certainly value your time, and uh, and uh, they would perhaps uh, want some uh, some compensation. So it was just to make sure that I was able to match um, what I expect will be a team of lawyers from the constitutional law branch and the civil law branch in the Ontario government and from the city of Toronto as well. That's all it is. Okay, Betty, uh, let us... Thank you. Okay. I'm just going to see. We're going to... We have uh, Anthony in Niagara. Hello there. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Good, good. Hope you had a good holiday. Thank you. Okay. We voted him in. He kept all his promises. He's actually doing more than what he promised. Yeah, that's uh, that's an issue for some people. What does everybody want? It's that simple. You get other people, they promise you the world, like Mr. Trudeau, and he does nothing. It's that simple. Well, he, he told us he was going to do all this. I went to most of his rallies. He, did, he never hand. mentioned this, not once. Yeah, I, I, I love the guy. I mean, who is honest? He's an honest person. Did he need this job? No. He took it because he's working for the people. And all these losers out there are all saying different. Oh, we've got to do this, we've got to change that, he's going too far. Hey, we voted him in. Let's leave it at that. Okay, then. Thanks for that. Well, if I may uh, help Anthony out, it's not about disagreeing with the Premier and his overall legislative agenda. Uh, and the question is, even if you support him wholeheartedly, uh, and even if you know you did vote for him, and yes, he does have the mandate to do quite a lot of things that he is doing, um, we just don't throw democracy by the wayside after an election. Uh, it, democracy includes processes, administrative rules and regulations, and, and, and certainly uh, adhering to the rule of law, and uh, we, don't, we don't throw those Concepts up simply because we voted for someone. Libby, you yeah. know, I have to I have to strongly disagree with with the comments from my friend Rocco. I mean, you know, the the rule of law was followed in its entirety, and that's why council has will have no say come Monday for our emergency meeting. He he was fully he, he was in a constitutional position. He had the full rights of our laws Justin, to make this decision. Justin, when did you first hear about him slashing um, uh, council? Same time you did. Exactly, yeah. and that was when in the middle of the election, correct? Well, in the middle of the election for right, you and so, I, perhaps, but I'll tell you that well, every on, Justin, single person Justin, who's going to vote you, is not Justin, thinking I, about fr- Justin, the very of the election. With it's coming up in October. Justin, the, the, we're fi- going to have, the, the election is going to go off without a hitch. People are still going to be able to vote. No, it's, no it's, it's, what do you mean the election right. is going to go off without a hitch? It, there is so, many, so much chaos and confusion. Just tell me one thing, Justin. What is my expense limit? You're running for re-election. What is your expense limit? Um, I'm not sure. I would exactly. imagine double. 
key information that a candidate should have. But Justin, look, I mean, you've been around, you've done, you've done this a lot. You, yeah, I've seen your name in Etobicoke. I mean, as I, my, my family home was in uh, uh, South Etobicoke, uh, right off the lakeshore. So right. I, I've seen you around. I've heard your name around, and I've always been impressed with the fact that you've been out in the community. So let me put it, let me put it to you this way: Sure. Every time you ran, Justin, yep, your your campaign staff, your campaign manager, whatever the case may be, yep. they got a bunch of documents that informed them of the rules, regulations, and uh, and everything else you had to do to comply with your candidacy, correct? Correct. We don't have any of that right now, Justin. I understand. And that's a problem. Yeah, listen, it's, uh, look, if, if I were you as a candidate right now, which is the same thing I think a lot of candidates are doing, is they're going to go look at the new provincial riding boundaries. They're going to merge the, the expense limits, more or less, and they're not spending everything today anyways, because you, you know full well that uh, you're going to spend money as the campaign moves forward. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, perhaps uh, a little bit of, of adversity for, for a candidate, but believe me, when you become an elected uh, representative of the largest city in the country, that's all you deal with is adversity. There's all kinds of, 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 of bullets coming your way that you need to um, protect against. It's, it's, it's no different now, and, and maybe it's, it's, it's a little bit of a, of a practice scenario for you. Okay, we, we have to uh, wrap things up on this. Uh, before we go, Rocco, so you're in court August 31st? We're all in court on August 31st. Everyone else that may want to join the action uh, can also advise the court on August 21st, uh, where we're returning to make sure that August 31st is going ahead. And uh, Justin, I think there's an emergency session on August the 20th to see if the city's going to mount a challenge of its own? Uh, that's correct. I, <clears throat> I don't know how uh, we could ever justify mounting a challenge, uh, given that um, Section 3 of the Charter doesn't allow us to do that. But uh, sure enough, council will meet and, and, and do its thing. Okay. Thank you very much to you both. Uh, people who are waiting, actually our next guest will also have something to say about this as well as the entire provincial agenda. We're going to be talking to the Green Party leader, Mike Schreiner. So uh, people, you can stay on the line because we're going to be talking to him about this as well. In the meantime, thank you so much to Justin DiCiano and to Rocco A. Champong, and I'm sure we will be hearing from both of you again through the course of this appreciate your being with us you're listening to an exclusive podcast of fight back on zoomer radio heard weekdays from noon to one you're listening to an exclusive podcast of fight back on zoomer radio heard weekdays from noon to one you're listening to an exclusive podcast of fight back on zoomer radio heard weekdays from noon to one you're listening to an exclusive podcast of fight back on zoomer radio Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.